0: Chapter Twenty One of Ronicky Dune This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Rowdy Delaney, Idaho, USA. Ronicky Dune by Max Brand. Chapter Twenty One The Miracle. No great intelligence was needed to understand the meaning of it. Fernand, having trapped his game, was now about to kill it. He could suffocate the two with smoke blown into the tunnel and make them rush blindly out. The moment they appeared, dazed and uncertain, revolvers of half a dozen gunmen would be emptied into them. "'It's like taking a trap full of rats,' said Ronicky, bitterly, and shaking them into a pail of water. "'Let's go back and see what we can.' They had only to turn the corner of the tunnel to be sure. Fernand had had the door of the tunnel slid noiselessly open, then into the tunnel itself, smoking, slowly burning, pungent pieces of pine wood had been thrown, having been first soaked with oil, perhaps. The tunnel was rapidly filling with smoke, and through the white drifts of it they looked into the lighted cellar beyond. They would run out at last, gasping for breath and blinded by the smoke, to be shot down in perfect light. "'So much was clear. "'Now back to the wall and try and find the door,' said Ronicky. "'Jerry had already turned. "'In a moment they were back and tearing with their fingers at the sham wall, "'kicking loose fragments with their feet. "'All the time, while they cleared a larger and larger space, "'they searched feverishly with the electric torch "'for some sign of a knob which would indicate a door, "'or some button or spring that might be used to open it. "'But there was nothing.' and in the meantime the smoke was drifting back in more and more unbearable clouds. "'I can't take much more,' declared Jerry at length. "'Keep low. The best air is there,' answered Ronicky. A voice called from the mouth of the tunnel, and they could recognize the smooth tongue of Frederick Fernand. "'Dune, I think I have you now. But trust yourselves to me, and all may still be well with you. Throw out your weapons, and walk out yourselves,' "'with your hands above your heads, and you may have a second chance. "'I don't promise. I simply offer you a hope, in place of no hope at all. "'Is that a good bargain?' "'I'll see you hung first, answered Ronicky, and turned again to his work at the wall. "'But it seemed a quite hopeless task. "'The surface of the steel was still covered, after they had cleared as much as they could, "'with a thin, clinging coat of plaster which might well conceal a button or a device for opening the door.' Every moment the task became infinitely harder. Finally, Jerry, his lungs nearly empty of oxygen, cast himself to the floor and gasped. A horrible gagging sound betrayed his efforts to breathe. Ronicky knelt beside him, his own lungs burning, and his head was thick and dizzy. One more try, then we'll run and rush them and die fighting, Jerry. The other nodded and started to his feet. Together they made that last effort fumbling with their hands across the surface, and suddenly, had they touched the spring indeed? A section of the surface before them swayed slowly in. Ronicky caught the half-senseless body of Jerry Smith and thrust him inside. He staggered after, and before him stood Ruth Tolliver. While they lay panting on the floor, she closed the door through which they had come, and then stood and silently watched them. Presently, Smith sat up, and ronicky Doone staggered to his feet his head clearing rapidly he found himself in a small room not more than eight feet square with a ceiling so low that he could barely stand erect as for the furnishings and the arrangement it was more like the inside of a safe than anything else there were to be sure three little stools but nothing else one would expect to find in an apartment for the rest was nothing but a series of steel drawers and strong chests lining the walls of the room and leaving in the centre very little room in which one might move about. He had only a moment to see all of this. Ruth Tolliver, hooded in a dark evening cloak, but with a light gleaming in her coppery hair, was shaking him by the arm, and leaning a white face close to him. Hurry, she was saying. There isn't a minute to lose. You must start now, at once. They will find out. They will guess, and then— John Mark, he asked— "'Yes,' she exclaimed, realizing that she had said too much, and she pressed her hand over her mouth, looking at Ronicky Doone in a sort of horror. Jerry Smith had come to his feet at last, but he remained in the background, staring with a befuddled mind at the lovely vision of the girl. Fear and excitement and pleasure had transformed her face, but she seemed trembling in an agony of desire to be gone. She seemed invincibly drawn to remain there longer still. "'Ronicky Doone stared at her, with a strange blending of pity and admiration. "'He knew that the danger was not over by any means, but he began to forget that. "'This way,' called the girl, and led toward an opposite door, very low in the wall. "'Lady,' said Ronicky gently, "'will you hold on one minute? "'They won't start to go through the smoke for a while. "'They'll think they've choked us, when we don't come out on the rush, shooting. "'But they'll wait quite a time to make sure.' "'They don't like my style so well that they'll hurry me,' he smiled sourly at the thought. "'And we got time to learn a lot of things that we'll never find out unless we know right now, pronto.' He stepped before the girl as he spoke. "'How come you knew we were in there? How come you to get down here? How come you risk everything you got to let us out through that treasure-room of Mark's gang?' He had guessed as shrewdly as he could." and he saw, by her immediate wincing, that the shot had told. "'You strange, mad, wild westerner!' she exclaimed. "'Do you mean to tell me you want to stay here and talk? "'Even if you have a moment to spare, you must use it. "'If you knew the men with whom you are dealing, you would never dream of—' "'In her pause he said, smiling, "'Lady, it's tolerable clear that you don't know me. "'But the way I figure it is this. "'A gent may die any time.' but when he finds a minute for good living, he'd better make the most of it. He knew by her eyes that she had guessed his meaning, but she wished to be certain. "'What do you intend by that?' she asked. "'It's tolerable simple,' said Ronicky. "'I've seen square things done in my life, but I've never yet seen a girl throw all she had to a good turn for a gent she's seen only once. "'You follow me, lady?' "'I pretty near guess the trouble you're running into.' "'You guess what?' she asked. I guess that you're one of John Mark's best cards. You're his chief gambler, lady, and he uses you on the big game. She had drawn back, one hand pressed against her breast, her mouth tight with the pain. You have guessed all about me? she asked faintly. That means you despise me. What folks do don't matter so much, said Ronicky. It's the reason they have for doing the thing that matters, I figure, and the way they do it. I don't know how John Mark hypnotized you and made a tool out of you, but I know that you ain't changed by what you've done. Ronicky Doone stepped to her quickly and took both her hands. He was not, ordinarily, particularly forward with girls. Now he acted as gracefully as if he had been the father of Ruth Tolliver. Lady, he said, you saved two lives tonight. That's a tolerable lot to have piled up to anybody's credit. Besides— "'Inside, you're Snow White. "'We've got to go, but I'm coming back. "'Will you let me come back?' "'Never, never,' declared Ruth Tolliver. "'You must never see me. "'You must never see Carolyn Smith again. "'Any step you take in that direction "'is under peril of your life. "'Leave New York, Ronicky Doone. "'Leave it as quickly as you may, "'and never come back. "'Only pray that his arm isn't long enough to follow you. "'Leave, Carolyn?' he asked. "'I'll tell you what you're going to do, Ruth. "'When you get back home you're going to tell Carolyn "'that Jerry here has seen the light about Mark "'and that he has money enough to pay back what he owes.' "'But I haven't,' Jerry broke in. "'I have it,' said Ronicky, "'and that's the same thing. "'I'll take no charity,' declared Jerry Smith. "'You'll do what I tell you,' said Ronicky Doone. "'You've been bothering enough, son.' "'Go tell Carolyn what I've said,' he went on to the girl.' Let her know that they's no claim on anybody, and if she wants to find Bill Gregg, all she's got to do is go across the street. You understand? But even if I tell her, how could she go, Ronicky Doone, when she's watched? If she can't make a start, and get to a man that loves her and is waiting for her, right across the street, she ain't worth worrying about,' said Ronicky, sternly. "'Do we go this way?' She hurried before them. "'You've waited too long.' you've waited too long she kept whispering in her terror as she led them through the door paused to turn out the light behind her and then conducted them down a passage like that on the other side of the treasure chamber it was all deadly black and deadly silent but the rustle of the girl's dress as she hurried before them was their guide and always her whisper came back hurry hurry i fear it is too late suddenly they were climbing up a narrow flight of steps they stood under the starlight in the back yard, with houses about them on all sides. "'Go down that alley, and you will be on the street,' said the girl. "'Down that alley, and then hurry, run, find the first taxi. Will you do that?' "'We'll sure go, and we'll wait for Carolyn Smith, and you too. Don't talk madness. Why will you stay? You risk everything for yourselves and for me.' Jerry Smith was already tugging at Ronicky's arm to draw him away, but the westerner was stubbornly pressing back to the girl. He had her hand and would not leave it. "'If you don't show up, lady,' he said, "'I'll come to find you. You hear? "'No, no. I swear. Bless you, but never venture near again.' "'But, oh, Ronicky Doone, "'I wish ten other men in the whole world "'could be half so generous and wild as you.' Suddenly her hand was slipped from his, and she was gone into the shadows. Down the alley went Jerry Smith, but he returned in an agony of dread to find that Ronicky Doone was still running here and there, in a blind confusion, probing the shadowy corners of the yard in search of the girl. "'Come off, you wild man,' said Jerry. "'They'll be on our heels any minute. They may be waiting for us now, down the alley. Come off, idiot! Quick!' "'If I thought there was a chance of finding her, I'd stay,' declared Ronicky Doone, shaking his head bitterly. "'Whether you and me live don't count beside a girl like that. "'Getting soot on one tip of her finger might mean more whether you or me die.' "'Maybe, maybe,' said the other, "'but answer that tomorrow. "'Right now let's start to make sure of ourselves, "'and we can come back and find her later.' "'Ronicky Doone submitting partly to the force,' and partly to the persuasion of his friend, turned reluctantly and followed him down the alley. End of chapter 21